Back for the final hour of the show. If you need live sporting events during the day, unbelievable NCAA softball tournament action early in the year going on down at Clearwater, Virginia Tech, leading Oklahoma State 3-2 in the third. Both teams putting on a crazy power display. I'm going to be – one of these years I'm getting down to that tournament. Me and my daughter are just going to take off school and go and watch that thing um, because outside of the NCAA tournament itself, it's an unbelievable sporting event. And when you – Look at sporting events at the college level now. Last night is something that had been missing from College Park. And when you go back and, you know, when you think about the great days under Gary Williams and everything like that, and it, it, in a way, in a way, you know, it, it kind of ties into the same thing. Maryland had kind of fallen into the same thing that the commanders had fallen into from, you know, where we're constantly turning back the clock and looking at the past. We want it to be like that, and we want it to be like that. Well, we want it to be like 2001 and 2002. I mean, Maryland was an incredible comeback away by Duke from making, you know, NCAA championship game two years in a row. That And those two years under Gary Williams. And obviously closed the deal in 2002. But every, every night in the ACC back then, it was a great atmosphere it was a big game and it was it was fun basketball to watch and you know to see that kind of crowd and watch that last night you know after I got home you know from the 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 banquet I was doing and to see that atmosphere return to College Park it's it, it was it was it was great to see that And that's what Maryland basketball is supposed to be. And 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 I I as I've said all along, I told you when Kevin Willard was hired, he was going to do big things. And it's harder it's harder to do now because of the way rosters change all the time. A dude can leave your program in the blink of an eye. Okay, he can check out anytime he wants. The transfer portal now is. It is so easy to go get into. Teams are literally hiring people, certainly in football right now. There are people being hired in recruiting departments. Their whole job is to monitor the transfer portal every day. That's all they do within the recruiting environment. They see who's in. They take that video and send it around to the coaching staffs. And, you know, it's on. So to see that return, that environment return to Maryland, and, of course, we're your station for Terps basketball all season long right here on the Team 980. To see him doing it with, in many instances, is a short roster right now. The total roster is not necessarily equipped to play Big Ten basketball every night, but there are certainly a handful of guys that are, and Willard is getting every possible thing out of this team right now case in point and perhaps this is as much on the player as it is not necessarily an indictment on the previous coaching staff but I think people thought there would be a little more there would be a little more contribution from a guy like an Ian Martinez from when he was at you know Arizona beforehand and and it had been a while for him to you know to get contributing at a consistent level here. But when you look at 
the role that he has played. And he, I think he has been significant in Maryland's success here of late because he's the kind of guy that Kevin Willard wants. This is a guy that's willing, he's a willing defender. Kevin Willard wants to get in your rear end if you're another team. He wants to get his players to play hard as hell and and get inside your shorts defensively. And it's really been fun to watch this team because I think this is a ridiculous coaching job by Kevin Willard so far. Now, as already we know, the players that are coming in, the recruiting class is, uh, is top-notch. It's, it's really going to add an injection of talent uh, to this program. And when you look around the Big Ten right now, in my opinion, the Big Ten is just begging, begging a program. Look, Michigan State is good, but Michigan State is and, – and Tom Izzo are not, you know, this larger-than-life god over the Big Ten as they were uh, at, at one point. It's gotten tougher even for Coach Izzo over the years to get those teams that only lose four times, five times during the course uh, of a season. The Big Ten is begging for someone to take command. I mean, look at where Northwestern is here with this run over the last couple of weeks. Look where it's gotten them. I think Mike Woodson's done a solid job at Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis, though, is the exception rather than the rule in college basketball right now. And ironically, we're seeing it with the big men. The big men who are elite scorers around the basket, they're ironically the guys that are sticking around longer because the role for them in the NBA has seemingly gone away for some reason. We'd rather have the seven-footer that can step out and shoot threes than the seven-footer that can get you dunks like Zach Eady at the rim, which is interesting in itself. Zach Eady last night you know, gets 18 points. Smith gets 18 points. But ultimately, and I said this with Patrick Stevens yesterday, if you listened to the show yesterday, go back and listen to it, what I tell him. The reason why Purdue is struggling is Foster Lawyer can't shoot the ball right now. What happened again last night? Lawyer couldn't throw it in the ocean. It's two of nine from the field. So the key against Edie is when Edie throws it back out against double teams, Lawyer's supposed to be the guy that drains these perimeter jumpers, and he's not doing that for Purdue right now. And and that that was again the case last night. As long as Edie doesn't go for 35 and 19 against you, you have a shot now at Purdue. And Maryland, pretty much, that's what, you know. And Maryland was terrible in the first half. Defensively, and, and Jeff and Vienna sent me a tweet at one point. And the reason why, the reason why Maryland was down in this game, A, they were terrible shooting it in the first half at 28%. But Maryland, because of how hard they played defensively, with like five minutes to go in the half, Maryland hadn't been called for a foul yet. Okay? And Maryland usually plays hard as hell. You're going to foul somebody by accident when you when you play that hard. And they hadn't done that yet. They hadn't done that yet. So they were trailing it to half. They were remotely close, though, which was good. When you shoot 28 and the other team shoots 52, you're usually down double digits against a quality team like that. But because Maryland embraces the grind, even when they're not playing well, they, they find a way, man, to hang around. And that's what they did in the first half. So when they did put it together in the second half, 
the run that they made was just incredible. And, again, Purdue, you look at their recent struggles. You hold them to the low 50s, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. Teams have been able to keep them in the 50s here of late. And one of the big reasons why is the fact that, you know, lawyers not shooting the ball well right now. And if Purdue's going to get back to that elite level, because Edie, I mean, there's, there, there really is no stopping Zach Edie from really affecting the game. I mean, Zach Edie's 18 and 10 waiting every night. It's when Edie goes for 30 and those guys on the perimeter start sinking shots is when Purdue plays at that elite level. That's what's been missing for them. And it's not it's no surprise that a freshman kind of hits a little bit of a of a rut right now because you're talking about a guy in Foster Lawyer that's probably played more games now than he ever did in a high school season at this point in the year, certainly at the intensity in which these games are played, much higher than you play at at the high school level. And right now, Maryland able to take advantage of that last night. They kept Edie from crushing them and then shot it better in the second half, played incredible defense, pull away for a great victory. But more importantly, more importantly for Kevin Willard, he's getting the people that had been on the, the fence, you know, with Maryland basketball. And we talked about all year about how nobody's coming to the games, that there's nobody at the games and everything like that. We're like, hey, what are we, you know, where are the people at? And last night might be finally that final moment that gets gets the fan base there, which is finicky. There's no doubt about it. There, you know, not everybody is Scott Van Pelt, Kevin Sheehan, Rudy Gersten, you know, who show up no matter what every night. Okay. There's there's a finicky there's a finicky part to the fan base. But even those people now have no excuse not to show back up out there in College Park. Because Mr. Willard is the is is delivering. And I will say this for Damon Evans. There's some and you talk to a ton of people within the, the the Maryland fan base. There were some that certainly questioned credentials of Damon Evans when he took over as the athletic director. And those two hires now that he has made, and certainly, you know, three-quarters of a way into Kevin Willard's first season is not, you know, can't anoint him to be Gary Williams by any stretch of the imagination yet. But finally correcting the wrong in hiring Mike Loxley, when that should have happened a long time ago, and now hiring Kevin Willard, Damon Evans has gotten two hires here, that your two most important hires in your athletic department. I don't care what anybody says. We can, and Maryland, first of all, Maryland is as successful in every other sport as any program in the country. You know, their women's programs are ridiculously successful. Women host Caitlin Clark coming up Tuesday night. You want you want you want top entertainment dollar. You need to carry your rear end over there to that game. If I wasn't announcing at Rosecroft Tuesday night, I'd go. Maryland versus Caitlin Clark Tuesday night is going to be worth the price of admission. 12,000 of you showed up for the destruction of Ohio State, a team that had been a thorn in Maryland's side for the last couple of seasons, and Maryland blew them out. So Maryland Maryland has it in the other, the other teams, but sorry, your two most important programs in any athletic department, for the most part, are – is certainly in the Power Five, are football, men's basketball, 
You have to be great at both, okay? You have to be great at both. Both bring in incredible TV revenues because of the conferences they play in usually in the Power Five. And obviously they're the ones that draw the most people. So you need people coming through the door. You need people to be excited about your product. You need people to be buying merchandise. And when football and men's basketball are good, that's what happens. People show up. People buy the merchandise. People come and park and pay for parking. People buy the concession. They want to sit in the suites. They want to hobnob in the Terrapin Club. And now your athletic department is fully percolating in terms of revenue. Ironically, a team that a lot of people in the area grow up with right now is so far away from that. And when you look at what Willard is doing in a quick turnaround, at some point you're going to wonder, you know, does Georgetown make that move and allow someone else to try and go forward with the program? I mean, I've watched this program since 1979. And knowing where it once was, where it once competed, but again, here we go back to we want to turn the clock back, just like with the Commanders. Hey, remember 1982? Remember 1987? Remember 1991, that incredible season? Yeah, yeah. Maryland, remember all those days under Gary Williams? Yeah, those are great. Georgetown, remember all those days under Coach John Thompson? Of course. So we know, we know it can. We know it can be done, as the great former South River coach would say. It can be done. But how does it get done right now? Certainly appears to have a, you have a couple of players that look the part. It looks like you have a couple of players that resemble Big East talent. But just as we talk about, this I asked you after the Super Bowl. Chris and I talked about this. I said, when you look at the commanders, do they look anything remotely close like the Chiefs and or the Eagles? And, of course, they had a win over Philadelphia. When you watch Georgetown right now, and if you watched Xavier Marquette the other night or Xavier and Creighton, does George, how far away does Georgetown look from those teams? And I think it's it's fantastic that right now in the athletic department and at the presidential level, the top level of Georgetown, Coach Patrick Ewing is getting that support. They're not, you know, out here publicly, you know, riding Patrick in a very difficult time, you know, for this program. And they have been, they have been sneaky competitive here of late. There was a great opportunity against UConn. And obviously they blow it down the stretch. But that's, that's kind of what you've come to expect. This group has come to expect failure as much as success. Everybody's confident in basketball. You, you won't find a – I mean, my daughter doesn't even play, and she thinks she can go outside and hit a three-pointer tomorrow. You know, JV team was getting a little light on players. She was willing to go out there and play for them. Okay? So you can find an athlete that's confident. That's not a problem. But player development. Player acquisition, bringing the right players in. You can't bring massive projects in in college basketball. It would appear as if Georgetown had a couple of those. Okay? 
whether you thought you were going to get more out of Ryan Matumbo than you did, whether you, you thought you were going to get more out of some of the experimental bigs they have, you can't take that amount of time seemingly anymore, not in a conference like the Big East. The problem is, the problem is when you lose, okay? Kids today don't look at Georgetown the same way that we did, okay? They don't look at them the same way like Bobby Bancroft and G-Town and all those guys on Twitter that live and breathe Georgetown basketball still. Doesn't look that way. People, people, don't, people don't remember the Georgetown starter jacket revolution that we had going on in the 1980s when we all had Georgetown starter jackets, okay? When we all watched Patrick Ewing grow up as a player right before our eyes and the player development under Coach Thompson and his staff was tremendous watching the big man develop. You know, watching, you know, Coach Thompson embrace Freddie Brown after the 82 disaster where Freddie could have gone in a serious tank for making an error on national TV with millions watching it. Two years later, he gets the big bear hug from the big fella. But that was 1984. And as much as, as much as we didn't like the Princeton style of play, John Thompson got John Thompson the third got there in 1996, got them to a Final Four. You know they 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 made a final, you know a Final Four appearance. At some point, at some point though, because as I, from my son coaching with a head coach that lived and breathed the Princeton system too much, you know at some point. You got you to do something else, okay? We don't have as many athletes. If you're going to run that Princeton system, you got to go find shooters, okay? Got to go find shooters. If you don't have a shooter, you, you, you can't just sit there and run backdoor concepts all night thinking that the team is going to – the other team is going to allow you to get layups all night long, okay? And finding good shooters right now in college basketball is fewer and far between. Why? We got so many kids out here. They want to dunk. They want to dunk. And guess what? They want to dunk some more. We don't have as many kids out here that are taking a thousand jump shots a day out here looking to get better. I mean, look at Maryland. Maryland. Maryland can't shoot. That's why Maryland has to beat you defensively right now. Because they can't shoot the ball. They they can't shoot the ball from the outside consistently. But you look at the NBA. I mean, hell at times the Wizards throw up Brick City from the outside. I mean, it's a, it's a huge part of the game right now. If you're a kid out here and you're, and you're six, 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 seven, sure, you can jump out of the building. I mean, my, my youngest of two, both my sons could dunk the basketball. But right now, if you can't shoot the ball, finding a place in our game is getting harder and harder. It's getting harder and harder because we want guys that can face up, that can shoot, that can create. We want people that can run pick and roll, pick and pop, and shoot. I mean, if you're a pick-and-pop big right now, you are home free, man. If you're a pick-and-pop big that can shoot the ball, you are home free. It is scholarship city for you right now if you can do that. And finding people that can shoot the basketball has become harder and harder. you got to look further and further. You know, you can't just go to, you know, your, your local AAU 
You can't just live in the team takeover, team Durant camps. Because guess what? They got great players that are looking to go a lot of different places. Okay? Mid-Atlantic Select, D.C. Premier. Okay? You you got to get out to more camps than just that. And by the way, the kids that are in those camps, they're right here locally. They see how bad you are right now. So when you come into their gym, you better come with a pretty good sales pitch. Because if you don't, they're certainly going to pick somebody else right now. Everybody talks about, oh, there's so much talent around here. Yes, the problem is they're going somewhere else. They're going to Villanova. Cam Whitmore leaves town. He goes to Villanova. And why wouldn't you go to Villanova at that time? And, of course, Jay Wright left. So now there's there's an opportunity. Villanova's been very mediocre this year. A lot of injuries and Making that adjustment without Jay Wright's been very tough. So if you're one of the if you're the teams locally, you got to capitalize on that. You know, I mean, you got to be able to capitalize on that. You got to tell, look, hey, you know, Jay Wright's no longer there. Villanova's taking a step back, and with all the talent that we have in this area, they all want the glamour. They want the glitz, the glamour. They want to go where they want to go where they're going to be on TV and not be embarrassed every night. It can happen. Kevin Willard is, is is turning it around at Maryland quickly with a short roster. The ultimate question is, is Ken Patrick and his staff do it fast enough now in an age of the transfer portal where so far for him, he has experienced more people leaving than people coming. You have to win basketball games to get kids to come to your program Right now, kids want to kids want to be positive. Kids want to be on TV. Kids want to win, and they've got to be able uh, to do that because they feel they've got to be in the best position for future earnings. And certainly, right now, you know, NIL in some places is a big help. It's a big, big help. Certainly, no Maryland's got the alumni base to eventually get something going there on a consistent basis. And there's no doubt from a business standpoint, you know, there should be some people in the Georgetown alumni that have made a lot of money. Y'all need to give up on some of that cash if you want Georgetown to improve on the basketball floor. Because it's as simple as that. It's it's the top flight kids want to know how much cash can they get, how much what can it do for me? It's ultimately the question. 301-230-0980. One more section of calls for you here on the show this morning. Certainly keep it tuned here throughout the day as long as Eric Bieniemy's in town. You know, we'll keep you up to date on any happenings that may arise there. Coming up in 25 minutes, <laughs> a sheepishly funny dum-dum of the day comes your way right here on the Team 980. streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Tough one for the Caps last night. Shorthanded. Just not enough offensive firepower right now. This is a a difficult time and a very close race right now in the East. And you just wonder if 
you just wonder if, if this is sustainable for Washington in such a close race down the stretch. It's going to be, um, I mean, literally night to night right now uh, where they're at in the conference. It's going to be uh, a tough race down the road. Meanwhile, the un- the other monumental team at the moment, look, man, if there's a more frustrating team in our market than the, than the, the Wizards, uh, you can convince me. You know, I mean, obviously the commanders are what they are, but – you watch the fourth quarter of the game last night. You watch the handful of games. I believe the team is now 14-11 and 11 in the games that Kuzma, Porzingis, and Beal have played. 14-11. and 11. You'd certainly take that. And you watch the fourth quarter of that game, and you're like, man, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what we're looking for. This is what it should be every night. And again, here they are. They've marched back to 28 and 30. Now, this in this this year, when they've gotten back to right around the 500 mark, knocking on the door of it, this is when, unfortunately, a three or four game losing streak seemed to find this basketball team. You know, the other night, Brad had a tremendous flush to shut the door on Portland. Enough was enough. Brad stuck his, you know, foot in the ground and said, "No more." Last night, Kuzma and Beal. Gigantic threes down one that put them in the lead and then kept the lead. Minnesota didn't score any more after that. Minnesota went scoreless like the last three and a half minutes. Didn't score a point. They were up 106-102, I think, at one point. Kuzma's three put Washington up 107-106. And then Beal made a three to make it 110-106. Nighty night. Adios. 31-30 and Minnesota Timberwolves, who are above 500. But if you're, if you're in that situation, you know, with those three guys playing, you should win a majority of the games. That's what Tommy has told us. When, when we have those three guys, we're supposed to win. And last night, you know, you played like doo-doo for two and a half quarters. You're down 15 after one. It's like you checked out for the all-star break already. But they showed some intestinal fortitude. They showed some gumption. They said, wait a minute, we're, we're, we're as good as this team in their building. That's what's been encouraging. You know, last couple of nights, you got you got wins on the road. Wins on the road in the NBA are hard. Winning is hard, period. But wins on the road are almost impossible in the NBA. And they got another one last night against a team above 500. Take it, bank it, but build on it. Okay, don't be satisfied with just that. Don't be satisfied with you know, just winning a game against Minnesota to get to 28 and 30. Get get above 500. Keep winning games. And that's what you're hoping for right now with that team because it's a when when it it's got all of its parts, at least it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch when all three of those guys are playing together right now for Washington. And when they play a first quarter like they did last night, it frustrates the heck out of you. You know, you're like, man, these guys aren't even ready to play. What are we doing? But then they show you what they did in the fourth quarter last night, got it turned around in that contest. And let's face it, we love Kuzma. But certainly the newer guy on the block, you know, the fresher face, love what he does. But this this focus is all about Brad, man. Brad earned $250 million, okay? The 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 NF or the NBA PA 
has a structure in place that rewards their dudes for certain things. Okay? He qualified for the raise. You know, we talk about players not wanting to stay here. Well, Brad wanted to stay here. And as a result, you know, earned that $250 million contract. Now, is it going to hamstring them a little bit going forward? Of course it is. Of course it is. You know, they have to do some creative financing to keep guys like Porzingis and Kuzma long-term with Brad here over the next couple of years. But if you can do that, then you have, you have a chance. You have a chance to at least put a representative product that's going to make people come out to the, ball, uh, come out to the arena every night and, and watch things. I'm still not sold on, on some of the other, you know, things they do at times, people who take shots that shouldn't in clutch situations. I mean, when 6.33 and 3 are on the court late in the game, unless you got a dunk or a layup, please pass the ball to them. I, I don't need you to be a hero. You know, if you got an open foul line jumper, okay, I'm cool with that maybe. But 6.33 and 3, got to get touches every time in the fourth quarter of games for me. And I think at times, and this is this is an issue where Wes has got to get that across to some of the guys. You know, some of the guys taking shots late in games, even when those guys are out there, shouldn't be. I don't need you to try to take over a game if you're Monte Morris. I don't need you to do that. If you do, if you make a couple of shots, great. But I don't need you to take a shot with 19 seconds left on the shot clock or 18 seconds left on the shot clock trying to be a hero get the ball to my three guys you're the point guard you don't turn it over a lot which i love that's fine awesome keep being that guy and if a double team gets the ball back to you wide open with five seconds left on the shot clock i'm all in i don't need you to try and be a hero just be my point guard just don't turn the ball over get it to my guys now in his defense at times one or a couple of those guys hasn't been available, and he's had no choice in those situations. And clearly, Tommy and Wes have hitched their giddy-up to this big three. How they are, um, you know, how are they judged by Ted and the rest of the basketball staff? You know, because quite frankly, I mean, really, Ted's the one guy. Him and Zach sitting there in the front row. They got a great seat. They watch it. They listen to it. They're in touch. They, they, they see how it goes down every night on the court. Uh, say what you want. I know some of you, uh, I know some of you, as Twitter tells us all the time, especially with this particular team, you know, you feel like Ted has mismanaged this team, been too loyal to guys in the past. Certainly loyalty, no doubt. Been great loyalty to, to certain people. Absolutely. But he's right there. He doesn't hide. You see Ted right there in the front row more often than not. And, you know, he doesn't hide from it, doesn't hide up in a suite somewhere where you can't get to him. He's right there in the front row. And I'm sure you all have said some things that he's heard at times sitting down there. And you know what? He keeps coming back down there. But he watches the coach. He watches the coach right there. He stands right, sits right next to him. He watches the players. He watches the interaction. He's in touch with what's happening there. But Tommy and, and, and Wes have hitched their giddy up to this big three. Ted certainly will give them the resources. 
you know, he'll, he'll, he'll tell him, what, do what you got to do to get those two guys signed to stay with Brad. Ted, Ted paying players never been an issue. Never been an issue. And when you look around the league, you've got fewer and fewer younger players that are ready to, to you know, contribute and dominate because of the way the college game has changed. You know, we're not, we're not going to be bad enough to get the one big kid, the foreign big kid, but how about Brandon Miller of Alabama? I'll stake, you know, my reputation on it right now. I think Brandon Miller is going to have every bit as impact on his NBA team as Wimbayama. I think Brandon Miller is going to be great. Washington's still not going to be bad enough to get Brandon Miller because he's going in the top five with all is said and done. But, you know, there there are players to add, players that can, you know, be successful for you, but some of them you may have to wait a little bit longer on when you get out of the top couple of guys now because the, the days of a one-and-donner or a young college player being ready to come in and contribute for you right away, no longer guaranteed at all, at all. Tommy's got to draft better. Can't wait. I mean, Johnny Davis got to be a player that comes in and play for you. That's an older college player. And, yeah, I know his career was, you know, started slow in a college level too. But a college player coming to the NBA, got to be able to give you more, especially if you're in the first round. An older player shouldn't take as long as a younger player. If I got an 18-year-old dude, I, I understand why that guy might need a little more room. Older player like Johnny Davis should be ready to go. Should be ready to contribute. I mean, played a huge role at Wisconsin. And for whatever reason, it just hadn't clicked for him, you know, at the at the pro level as of yet. And that's the one area where this team, through the years, I mean, we went down the, the list of picks. I mean, they didn't draft for two straight years. They didn't have any picks. And when you look at a lot of the picks that they've had, you know, they haven't gotten the kind of contributions for several years that you should get out of some of the guys that they picked, in particular when they were in the top ten. Denny's starting to look the part finally now, though, which is good to see. So if you add him to what you're getting from the big three, you know, that, that's yet another great piece to the puzzle going forward if you can get four guys out there that seemingly know what the heck they're doing. I mean, there's a lot to like about the way Denny has played over the last, you know, three, four weeks for this team. So, you know, hopefully that can continue, you know, with this group going forward. Because as I said, it's it's been a very frustrating existence for those of us that have been fans since the championship year of 1978. You know, we've we've thirsted for consistent quality basketball here in town. We've had glimpses. We just want it consistently here with that particular group. Finally, this morning, the XFL is back this weekend. And that, of course, means D.C. Defenders, 8 o'clock prime time on Sunday night. And if you watched the Super Bowl, and this has been very conspicuous for the XFL, and you would think with the entertainment people behind the ownership and what is the one thing that wrestling has built its success on for years? It's promotion. It's, you know, all of the interviews of the wrestlers selling you on the next great pay-per-view that's coming up. You know, 
I mean, since the beginning of time. That's what wrestling has been marketed and how it's done. The XFL in this reincarnation, for whatever reason, you barely know that it's out there. You barely know. I mean, I've seen a couple of promos watching the softball games the last couple of days because ESPN has the contract. But this league, which did such a good job marketing itself the first time around, the D.C. Defenders were awesome at marketing themselves the first time around. They have virtually done nothing. The league has done nothing. I'm watching the Super Bowl, and I'm seeing commercials for the USFL, which doesn't start until April. But you were seeing it. You were seeing highlights of big plays from last year in the USFL. And you're getting a ton of that marketing and promotion of the USFL during the Super Bowl. The XFL starts this week. And outside of, you know, the local guy, DeWan Neal, putting up something on his Twitter feed, you know, you barely know that the defenders are playing at 8 o'clock on Sunday night in the XFL. XFL gave us decent football the first time around. You know, you would think now, stronger ownership group, maybe it's got a chance to make it through the full season and and get us there and crown champions and give guys, ex, you know, ex, guys an opportunity to put some things on film that may get an NFL team to give them a an opportunity coming up in the fall. But you barely know that they're out there this time. As they play Sunday night in prime time at 8 o'clock, I'll be interested to see what the crowd is like coming up because you all bought in you all were in on the defenders in the first you know go around be interesting to see how it is in this second go around now coming up this weekend let's take a final look at what's trending on the nfl front eric b again meeting with washington today allegedly talking some staff and potential contract here Breer, Rappaport, all reporting that they think this could end up being done sometime today. Keep it tuned right here. Locked in on the Team 980. We'll pass along anything that comes forth on the Eric Bieniemy situation. Tiger Woods playing with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas in the second round. Today out of Pacific Palisades, California. Yesterday, a 2-under 69 for Tiger on day one, as he starts today right now, that would be good for six shots off of the pace. Max Homa was your first-round leader at seven under par. Colin Morikawa also two under through three holes to get up to seven under par today as well. Meanwhile, Maryland a winner over Purdue yesterday. Maryland women with a big one coming up Tuesday night against Iowa as College Park rocking last night as the Terps beat Purdue by a count of 68-54 to in a game you heard right here on the Team 980. That's what's trending on the Team 980. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Coming up, our dumb dumb of the day in a moment, which is, I mean, look, some people do crazy things. (laughs) 
this person did a crazy thing. 3-1-2-3-0-0-9-80 Burgundy Gold today is coming up next right here on the Team 980. Interesting to watch for the All-Star game. Giannis banged up his wrist last night. Uh, we'll see if he goes uh, in the All-Star game. And Look, the NBA All-Star game, it's a, it's a giant pickup game. It's the best in the world, you know, doing you know great things. Don't expect it to be uh, a knockdown, drag out the defensive affair by any stretch of the imagination. But when the stars can't go, um, that, you know, especially if Giannis can't go, and I, I can't expect he would. If he's got that wrist, that wrist is banged up in any way, uh, shape, or form, um, then I would imagine 34 has got to sit it out uh, coming up here uh, at the All-Star break. Right now, our time for you to tell you what's what's really not smart out there in the world, and this certainly qualifies. It's time for Dum Dumb of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. Ah, yes. Dateline Bolivia. (laughs) All right. I know this isn't the minimum security Eastern Correctional Facility in beautiful Princess Anne, Maryland. Hell, this isn't even Jessup. We know movies show us great scenarios right about, you know, people escaping from jail. Escape from Alcatraz. Fantastic. But in Bolivia, a man tried to escape. How did he do it? I'm here to tell you. He was trying to escape from a maximum security prison. Of course he dressed up in a in a giddy-up. He dressed up in a costume. How did he get it? One doesn't know. But Jose... Luis Calasea Diaz, serving a 15-year sentence for homicide, wrapped himself in sheepskin. What? Bid to roam free. Diaz reportedly snuck past the prison security by crawling through the grass in the middle of the night. He then attempted to break through one of the facility walls in a bid to escape. His incarceration, the real wolf in sheep's clothing, attempted the escape earlier this month, but recent images that have surfaced following his recapture by prison guards. Guards quickly noticed that the slippery criminal wasn't in his cell, and authorities scrambled to bring him into incarceration. Guards found him in the act as he inched across the grassy field on his hands and knees, and he was quickly returned to his cell. In a bizarre set of photos that accompany the story, he can be seen wearing the sheep wool jacket and dark trousers while appearing to trail through the grass impersonating the farmyard animal. No. And the escape artists believe he could take advantage of what was cold weather to avoid the slammer. But that was not the case. But to you, Mr. Diaz, I give you a lot of credit. That's a heck of an effort to try and escape the pokey, my friend. Unfortunately, the recapture puts you in that exclusive category. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. Now, look, let's face it. None of us ever wants to be in jail, okay? And some of us would be desperate to get out in any way, shape, or form. My question is, 
is that has to be an inside job. How does he get a sheep's jacket? How does he get something like that? I don't think that's available at the prison commissary. I mean, I don't, I don't think they sell that there. I mean, that, that's just, again, it's it, act of escape is, is awesome, and it's not awesome at the same time. First of all, the ability to pull that off, and then, unfortunately, the recapture and get you sent back. And all that does is add time to your stay at, in the prison at that point, unfortunately. But I give him A for effort, man. I give him A for effort. That's a heck of a giddy-up to try and escape from jail. I want to thank the folks uh, at the Annapolis Touchdown Club. Always blessed. I don't give up many paid gigs to work a free gig. Uh, that is one that I do every year, though. Uh, very important to me. Uh, Talia Tungavailoa was there. Louis L. Goldstein, award winner from the University of Maryland. John Marshall played at Gonzaga, wins the Tony Rubino Silver Helmet as the top player at Navy. As I said earlier, congratulations to Caleb Herb from South River and Malik Washington from Archbishop Spalding, the high school winners last night. Uh, honored to have you all in the building. And to Stephen Lloyd uh, and Del Ritchie, who picked up uh, complimentary rewards awards there last night as well. Great time. Food was fantastic. Great steak and shrimp meal uh, for yours truly as the MC of the proceedings uh, last night. Appreciate them uh, having me aboard. Big weekend for us. We'll see you at, over at Navy tomorrow, lacrosse at 12, basketball at 4, and then Joe Miller and I get to play the role of Dan Schulman and Dick Vitale Sunday for a women's game up in Baltimore against Loyola. So busy weekend uh, for us out there. I hope you have a safe weekend. Appreciate you putting up with me solo for the last three days. We are off on Monday, the big fella back on Tuesday. So make sure you come back and join us at 9 on Tuesday morning for Maddie. I'm Pete. We'll see you Tuesday at 9 for more of Russell and Medhurst right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.